0: Welcome to the Slim and Satisfied Podcast. I'm your host, Daphna Chazen. Over the past decade, I've helped hundreds of women stop dieting and start living a life that is truly healthy, enjoyable, and delicious. If you've struggled with weight and have yet to find the right solution to your health concerns, you're in the right place. Each week, I'm going to share my best tips, tricks, and strategies to eating well without ever feeling confined by diet rules or short-term fixes. Join me as I walk you through my science-based, practical tips that will transform your habits for good. My down-to-earth, no-nonsense approach is going to get you the results you've been craving all along. So are you ready? Let's get started. Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Slim and Satisfied podcast. I'm your host, Daphna Chazen, and today I would like to talk about picking the right weight loss plan for you. It's getting harder and harder to figure out what diet or regimen will be most effective and most suitable for your unique needs, and let me tell you that it's likely not going to get any less confusing soon. So my goal for today is to give you some ideas regarding what things or characteristics you need to think about when you're picking your weight loss plan so that you can judge it for yourself and see if the plan that you're looking at or considering or maybe even following right now is the right one for you and if it's going to be effective. We're gonna be going through three key questions to ask yourself as you're making this choice And I believe it will eliminate the ones that are not suitable for you pretty quickly, which will reduce overwhelm and shiny object syndrome most of us do have when it comes to weight loss. So I see a lot of times in myself and in a lot of my clients, they get intrigued by new diets and they really want to jump right in and get started with the best kind of best advertised plan or fad that's out there. And that clearly is not always the best decision, but we tend to be a little bit impulsive when we're trying to lose weight because we want to see results very, very fast. Before we go into all of that, I wanted to let you know that today and in future episodes, you'll hear me talk about weight loss specifically in the context of hormonal issues and conditions like thyroid problems and PCOS. The reason for this is that these are specialty areas of mine that I'm highly, highly passionate about, and I've also dealt with similar issues myself, so this is a bit of a personal interest of mine in addition to my professional work in this area. And I'm going to be sharing bits of my story in coming episode, but what I see most frequently in my practice is that many of the clients who have a diagnosis of PCOS find that losing weight is particularly challenging. And this is also true with any hormonal imbalance, as well as things like thyroid disease and general infertility and hormonal issues. So I wanted to focus on weight loss to benefit women who deal with hormonal imbalances and wanna heal their body through food and good nutrition. And weight loss is certainly part of that, Although it's not the only issue women with PCOS deal with, for sure. And also, not all women with PCOS are looking to lose weight. So, I'll be sharing a lot of info in the context of overall health and balancing hormones naturally through the diet as much as possible. So, you'll be hearing me discuss PCOS often and refer to specific strategies that women who deal with this hormonal issue can implement to meet their goals good? That being said, if you do not have PCOS, I want you to still stick around since the vast majority of the information that you're going to hear on this podcast will be extremely beneficial for you and you'll be able to see amazing results if you implement my tips and strategies that I share here in every episode. So don't go anywhere if hormonal imbalances are not something you deal with. Just take what you hear on these episodes and kind of make it your own. And I'm always, always happy to receive questions and comments, so by all means, reach out to me if you have something to say or share. The email address where you can find me is right in the show notes below. Okay, so let's jump into talking about picking the right diet for your unique needs. Now, we all know that there's a lot of trial and error when we're trying to lose weight. It's certainly not a one-and-done deal. The reason that it takes women months and sometimes years and many, many weight loss attempts to figure out what would work for them is that the decision to go on a diet is often very impulsive, like I mentioned earlier, and not at all well thought out, right? So, when we make these decisions and we, we follow this pattern, we follow this impulsive pattern and this um, haphazard manner, we often don't take the time to weigh all the options, analyze them properly, and make an informed decision about what to do next. Now, I know that this process sounds very formal and complicated. You don't necessarily want to start analyzing your diets. You don't want to necessarily go through any type of process when you're picking the the right diet for you. You just want to get started, see results, and figure out if it's working for you as you go along. But this is something that I often do with clients and is very transformational because it's ensuring as much as possible that the plan that you start following matches you, matches your personality, your schedule, and the results that you're looking for. So from my experience, going through the process of evaluating the diet and really analyzing what aspects of it may work well, what are some of the weaknesses, some things that are not matching what you're looking for can be very, very important and very powerful in dictating how successful you're going to be in your attempt. So frequently, when someone's very successful and they see great results and they're able to stick with their weight loss plan, there's some type of synergy or some type of match between what their life looks like and the plan that they're on. When we get tempted to try something that a friend just did or the newest plan on the market without really breaking it down in the way that I'll share with you today, we end up not only wasting time and money, but we usually find that we've... Put our body at a tougher position to lose weight next time. Metabolism could be slowed, we may feel more defeated, or we could further disrupt things like hormones and how well the body can process food, which may mean an even more challenging weight loss experience the next time around. So asking these questions that I'll share with you today, and you can certainly adapt them to meet your style and how you usually think about things and how your brain works, but it's super important to do, even when you're chomping at the bit, to get started and see those pounds come off already. So if you're just about to get started on a weight loss plan, definitely take the time to do it. If you're already following a plan that you like and works for you, just run it through these questions and see what kind of answers you come up with. I know it's tempting to just jump right in, but I'm going to give you a great starting point today. And these are questions you can ask yourself very quickly. And then once you have the results, it's going to show you a new perspective. You're going to see things a little bit differently. So it's going to help to kind of figure out if what you're doing is correct. I want you to keep these questions in mind, especially around programs like keto, any program that uses meal replacements like Octavia, as well as something called OMAD, which stands for one meal a day. And that is a form of intermittent fasting where the person has an eating window of one hour for the day, which typically means one meal, and then they fast for the remaining 23 hours. So this is a form of intermittent fasting that I'm seeing on the rise in popularity. If you're following something like that or another form of intermittent fasting, I want you to think about these questions that we'll go over. Are you ready? Let's jump right in and get started with question number one, which is, is this diet flexible? I want you to think about the past month. Did you have anything unexpected happen? Like perhaps you got called to work when you weren't supposed to do so, you weren't scheduled and you still got called in. Maybe you got sick, you had a cold, or you were extra tired one day. Maybe you had a family obligation that wasn't planned. Whatever it may be, Chances are something happened outside of your normal routine, and that's just called life, and the reason I want you to reflect back on that is that these are often the times and life events that throw someone off their game completely when it comes to weight loss. And if your plan isn't flexible, meaning you cannot adapt it to fit into the unexpected situation and make it work you'll likely stop following it, which would mean starting from square one next time you try to lose weight. Your plan must be flexible to be sustainable. I'm going to say that one more time. It's that important. Your plan must be flexible to be sustainable. Otherwise, you'll keep having to start over or hold off until things settle down, which really never happens. And we all know that getting started with a plan is often the toughest part. So if you're already on a plan and you have to fall off and stop following it, it's very, very discouraging. It takes a lot of energy to get restarted. And by the way, if a plan needs a big, dramatic restart it's another big red flag. You should be able to ease in and out of a plan and not have to have a hard pause, then start it over again. That's just something that's gonna facilitate an all or nothing mentality, which is really tough to keep up long-term. So what does it mean for your plan to be flexible? What are we specifically talking about? It has to fit into your unique lifestyle. This is first and foremost. So if you travel, if you have young children, or if your work schedule isn't a traditional nine to five, you should still be able to follow your plan without an issue. This is where working with a dietitian or another, another knowledgeable health professional can really, really help. They can help you come up with ideas on how to stick to your plan in a challenging situation, They um, can help you get creative in order to stay on track. So for example, your plan should allow you to walk into most restaurants if you travel and find exactly the food that will keep you on track. You should be able to stay social and go out for a drink without having to be derailed. And you also need to be able to show up in your life, whether we're talking about your personal, professional, Or social life in the best possible way without feeling deprived or excluded, because that to me would mean that your plan isn't flexible. And when you show up in a positive way in your own life, it means that you're not feeling victimized by your diet, you're happy that you're following it, and you feel that it's improving your relationship with food as opposed to putting you at odds with food or even worse, your body. If the plan isn't flexible and it feels rigid, it means that it's likely taking a toll on your day-to-day functioning, whether emotionally, so how you feel and how you process emotions and certain feelings. Physically, maybe your body is not really feeling that it's easy for you to be flexible with your diet. You either have to be on it or you have to be off it. Or cognitively, if you're constantly feeling the stress mentally, that's another big red flag that your diet is not flexible. Which leads me to the next thing regarding flexibility. The second thing to consider regarding flexibility is whether or not the plan works well, even when not followed 100% accurately. This is so important. Your plan needs to be built on such a solid foundation that even if you deviate from it a bit, you're still losing weight. Let me give you an example using keto since this is where I see an issue most of the time. So as you likely know, a ketogenic diet is a diet that emphasizes eating high amounts of fat moderate amounts of protein and very low amounts of carbohydrates. The goal for this diet is that the body enters a state of ketosis, which basically means that we've adapted metabolically to burn fat for fuel as opposed to using carbohydrates as a main source of energy, which is what happens um, under normal circumstances. Now, when someone starts on keto, they start out very, very restricted as far as the amount of carbohydrates that they can eat because that stage is essential for them to enter that state of ketosis. After that, there's a little bit of a more liberalized approach as far as how many carbohydrates someone can eat, but it's still significantly reduced from what a normal balanced diet would be. Now, the issue with flexibility here is that once you increase your carbohydrate intake, and it may very well be from something very healthy, right? So it doesn't have to be eating donuts and sugar. Someone could be eating too many fruits or too many sweet potatoes or whatever it may be. And since that produces a surge in blood sugar, that may throw that person out of ketosis, where at that point, they're going to kind of not be following the plan anymore. Okay, So this plan is not very flexible because in order to see results, in order to reap the benefits from the ketogenic diet, you have to be in a state of ketosis. And there is something called lazy keto, or there are other names for it, like cyclic keto, where you could be eating higher and lower amounts of carbohydrates throughout the week, And that would resemble more of a low-carbohydrate diet. But as far as keto in its strict and pure form, those that like to follow a ketogenic diet, I highly encourage you to look at whether or not it's flexible, whether or not you can adapt it to your lifestyle, and whether or not it's giving you the exact same results that you're seeing when you're following it closely when you're slightly off. That's a very, very important concept to consider. Let's move on to question number two, which is, is your diet effective? In order to know if your plan is effective, you first want to look at your results. Results, ladies, they're so important. Are you seeing the right results from your plan? I'm going to put some numbers out there and tell you that a good effective plan produces about a two pound weight loss on average per week in the first two to three months. So this will likely not be linear, meaning you won't see a consistent two pound week by week by week, but I would suggest looking at an average and making sure that you're somewhere around that number after being on a plan and of course following it properly for two to three months. Now, the specific number will depend on your body size and what calorie level you're consuming, even if you're not counting calories, which you shouldn't be. But I'm going to say that if you're about 15 to 50 pounds overweight, losing about one to three pounds per week in the first couple months is a great average. And if your numbers are currently not in line with what I just mentioned, it could be a few things. It could be that you're having a hard time adhering to your plan. Maybe the combination of food is not correct for you and that's causing some appetite issues. So it could be too low in protein, too high in carbohydrates, too high in fat, The calorie level may not be correct for what your body needs are, or the composition isn't right for you. Which leads me to the next subcategory under effective, which is, is it appropriate for other health issues that you're dealing with? This would refer to things like digestive issues, family history of certain illnesses, or other conditions that put you at a higher risk for future health problems. For example, if you have PCOS, you're likely at higher risk for things like blood pressure, diabetes, infertility, and heart disease. You want a plan that is going to help you mitigate those risk factors, okay? So something that's going to help you actively prevent those conditions from developing if they haven't already developed. So even though the spotlight is often on the number, on the scale... A better approach to take when you're looking for a weight loss plan or a diet or whatever you may want to call it is to follow the one that not only produces good weight loss outcomes, which is in and of itself going to reduce risk of certain health problems, but also actively prevents these things from developing despite the predisposition that you may have. So in the case of PCOS, we see many women deal with anovulation, which occurs when a woman doesn't release an egg or an egg cell, and therefore she doesn't menstruate regularly. This is a main cause of infertility in women with PCOS, and we know that there's a very intricate balance of hormones that needs to occur in order for ovulation to happen, Blood sugar and insulin play a major role here. So we want to be very careful with diets that reduce carbs to that degree, like keto, since they may be helping on one front, but harming on the other. So can you see a pattern here with me in keto? Not a fan. So to sum up the second question, is it effective? A plan would be effective not only if it's producing the right weight reductions for you, but also if it's promoting your overall health based on what issues you're prone to specifically. And last but not least is the third question to ask, which is, is it safe? This is probably the most important characteristic you want to evaluate your plan for, Is this plan safe to follow long-term? And when I say long-term, I mean looking 5, 10, or even 30 years ahead, because whatever you're doing right now to lose weight, you're going to have to continue doing with some small modifications in order to keep the weight off. So the question is, is it safe? Can you safely continue to follow this framework, this general plan forever? Do you see yourself eating in this exact way 10 years from now or when you're 60, 70, or 80 years old? If the answer is "Mm, probably not, it's likely not a safe choice. It's likely not an appropriate choice for you. Now, what makes a plan safe to follow? Let's dive into that a little bit. First of all, the variety of food. You can easily judge if a diet is safe by looking at meal plans and recipes that meet the guidelines of that plan. So a true solid plan doesn't eliminate entire food groups for the most part, but it may cut out certain foods like maybe sugary foods or fried foods because sugar is not a food group in and of itself. So definitely note the difference there. When we're talking about food groups, we're talking about things like all carbs or all dairy. So unless there's a nutritionally equivalent alternative to these food groups or some way to replenish and make up for the same nutrients that these foods provide in a reasonable way, I would question the quality of that plan and whether or not it's giving you the right amounts of vitamins and minerals. This is the main thing that we're concerned about. Another issue that's equally important is that a diet that's lacking variety would dramatically change the makeup of your gut bacteria. And we now know that the friendly bacteria in our gut or probiotics as they're frequently referred to Can impact a really wide array of things, anything from our weight to hormonal health, our mood, and even how susceptible we are to things like cravings and the common cold. So, as you can tell, it's a very wide array, wide spectrum of health outcomes that can be impacted simply by the makeup of our gut bacteria. And that essentially means how diverse it is, how many different types of bacteria, how many different strains and what amounts of these different bacteria are present in the gut. And we want them to be as diverse as possible. Anytime we limit our food choices to only specific groups or nutrients, we reduce the different types of bacteria that reside in our gut, since each one of the strains of bacteria feed on specific foods that are all different. Did you know that? I actually did a Facebook Live on this topic specifically related to sugar cravings. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes below so you can check it out. So you may be thinking, couldn't someone just take a probiotic supplement and replenish the bacteria in the gut? Well, sure, you can take a supplement to replenish maybe after you took an antibiotic or you had some illness and you want to kind of give your immune system a boost because those bacteria play a huge role in immune function. But really, if you wanted to sustain them and to really make sure that these gut bacteria, the friendly guys, are thriving, you're going to want to feed them and sustain them with a good diversified diet. And that's where something called prebiotics comes into play. So again, I mentioned that in the Facebook Live, so definitely go check that out. But in order for you to replenish those strains and make sure that they're thriving You want the diet to be diverse. So any diet that's limiting specific food groups long-term is likely not safe. The next thing that I wanna think about, and I'm gonna wrap up with this under the category of safe is, is this diet teaching you how to eat? This is probably the most important thing that we can talk about today because I wanna make sure that whatever plan you're on feels normal, feels natural, and feels positive in your head and in your heart. So you want to make sure that the plan that you're following doesn't teach you too many shortcuts or gimmicks or hacks or sh- or whatever you want to call it. It's teaching you good basic eating habits and not putting you in a position where you're labeling food as good or bad or allowed or unallowed because that's not only something that's ineffective and cannot be sustained long-term, it often puts people at a higher risk for developing eating disorders or disordered eating, which is not a full-fledged eating disorder, but just very unhealthy, obsessive patterns around food that I see very commonly with people who diet over and over again. So you wanna be fairly careful with plans that have a lot of rules that feel very strict And that preach an eating style that doesn't feel natural and normal and actually creates tension and negative emotions around the act of eating. Eating should still feel pleasurable even when you're dieting. So if you're about to start on a weight loss plan or maybe you just got started on one and you're not quite sure if it's working or if it's effective or the best fit for you, I want you to use these questions and kind of be like a judge on American Idol. Think that you're Simon Cowell and you're going to now evaluate whether or not this plan Is the right fit for you? You're going to ask the questions. You're going to take a look at what this diet says, what it teaches, what the principles are, and what are some of the things that you're going to actually have to do in order to stay compliant with it. And really take a good hard look at your life, your desires, your goals, and what you can and cannot do, because that's going to dictate how successful you are in meeting your goals. So don't waste your time on something that doesn't look like a great fit. It's likely not going to work. You're much better off saving your energy and investing that in a plan that you ran through these questions and you really feel confident that it's gonna work for you. Now to get you started, I have a free guide for ladies with PCOS and it's my PCOS meal prep starter kit. It's a great guide. It has recipes, shopping lists, and a few key tips on how to set up your kitchen for success when you have PCOS. So if you go to daphnachazen.com forward slash PCOS plan, you're going to be able to download a copy there. And I hope that you find it effective and helpful. And I'd love, love, love to hear from you. So please send me a message to the email below. And if you haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe so that you get notification about new episodes every single week. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.